It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Time, time, who's got the time? Doug Nori and myself are going to talk about minute shares and rotations and why he may be the ire of Nets fans' eyes. Coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, hello there, and welcome to the Locked On Nets podcast, where, of course, it is your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I'm Adam Arbeck, breaking down the New York football giants as we approach the NFL season over on the One Giant podcast with my boy Andy Mack. Over there, you're going to find Doug Nori, owner-operator DFSR, for all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel. He's got you covered. We thank you for making us your first listen today, free on all those great platforms, and Doug... How are you, sir? Before we dive in on some minute shares and rotations, I've got a brief disclaimer for the fan base as well. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Love talking minutes. I'm a minutes guy. As someone that spent like the better part of the last seven years, every single night during NBA season, just looking at minutes, um, I get irrationally excited about thinking about minutes for, for every single basketball team. In a way, it probably isn't totally healthy, but is productive when you talk about basketball. So um, it's like trying to, try to have that fine line between is this worth it? Most definitely. Would other people <laughs> think it's worth it? We'll see. <laughs> we'll the jury's out. Yeah. We're, we're going to dive in on, on the minute shares, the rotations. Obviously, uh, uh, Markeith Morris did the episode yesterday talking about his addition and just kind of what it means to the team overall and what they're trying to build here, I think, in the offseason. My quick disclaimer is the last couple of days, I've been wearing a really nice new hat that I got. And I just want to let people know. That is an FC Cincinnati MLS soccer hat for you watchers on YouTube. It is not a New York Knicks hat because it is blue and orange. And I just felt like doing a Nets <laughs> podcast might be important to let the people know I'm not having a crisis of conscience. I've never been more bullish on our Brooklyn Nets. That being the case, um, you mentioned minute shares over on uh, over on the old Twitter space. And you just you always, as you say, you've done this on a daily basis throughout NBA seasons, just adding up. You only have 240 of them and you got to break them down across a roster. Hit us with what was your initial minutes breakdown. I did take maybe not as big an issue as some people. I did want to have a back and forth around where you where you kind of compartmentalize some of these for the Nets coming into this season. Okay, yeah. So actually, before I even do that, I just want to give one uh, my own disclaimer here about okay. what it means. Why what kind of hat is, were you wearing? Yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something. No, it, was, it was the Sixers. Um, the uh, so I wanted to just give a, an like an intro about why this is instructive to think about this because and especially construct instructive now during this off season as free agent signings and stuff is still coming in, right? Like you might mention Marquis. And these are non-guarantees. Who knows ends, who ends up making the roster? You know, you don't want an obby. Um, these guys that are that are getting added as we speak. The reason it's instructed to look at minutes is because there does seem, I think, tend to sometimes be a misconception around playing time in the NBA in that I think in some fans' minds, it feels limitless. It's like, hey, we got Marquise Morris. Going to see that guy 22 minutes a night. It's like, 
That's not how this works. You know, like we just, the reason it's good to look at minutes is because you actually start more than anything else. You start to get a real thing that you can look at idea about who might be playing on a night to night basis for the Nets. Like not for the whole season. Um, things change. Injuries will always yeah. change. This is a living document. You know what I mean? Like it is just, it, it, it's constantly being changed, but it's more around this time of year. It's good because it's like, I think when fans see and even media folks, frankly, when they see these signings come in, it's it's you start thinking, well, now I'm going to see this guy every night and now I'm going to see this guy. And that's yeah. just not how it works. Like it because you and, and it's good to get excited about signings, but it's also good to stay realistic about what it actually means in the grand scheme of things. And the, so that, before I say the minutes, does that make sense? What I'm saying, like, why? Because it's like, oh, the minutes, like, who cares? Like, that's just no, but. It's it's in, in a lot of ways it's the most important thing. Like when you project when you project out for basketball, um, just projections, whether it's for betting, whether it's for um, you know DFS, like whatever it is, the minutes are the actually the single most important thing to do, and they're the thing that actually can't be automated. Like something we learned really early on. Like it actually does take, from prognostication standpoint, it does take time, energy, and effort to think every night about what it means. And even going to the season two, does that make sense? I, that's just a high level thing. I'll get into yeah. the minutes here in a second. And I think, you know, crystallizing it is saying it's a 15 man ro- roster, right? It's not a yeah. 15 man rotation. Like it's not the, to, to your point. You have 240 minutes. And when you start to give big chunks, as you'll, as you'll lay out here for all the guys, you would assume the Kevin Durant's and Kyrie's and Ben Simmons and down the line, you realize, well, everybody doesn't get a slice of the pie. And yes, there will be nights when player X gets a little bit more. And there will be an evolution to this over the course of the season. Right. But there is there's a finite number, and there are there's also I think a a fairly restrictive baseline that gets applied to this too. And even though as you'll go through these, when you add a Markeith Morris, even he and any of these other players get kind of capped in a certain range, just based on it's almost based on facts, right? Like numbers are facts. Oh, yeah. You cannot just say I'd like to have 280 minutes on Tuesday night instead of 240. So we can start to dive in, but 100, I agree with you on that point. And the math is like undefeated here. There's only 240 minutes, like a lot of short of overtime games, which you can't project for. So there's just that's just that's it. It's not like a baseball game where you can keep going if it's tied. You know, or, or I mean, I guess well that's a bad example. Like, um, but unlike other sports, it's like. Okay, no, sorry. The baseball, uh, I'll take it back. The baseball example is, you know, like if you just, you can just keep hitting forever, right? Like if you never, if they don't record outs, like you can go on for infinity, <laughs> right. you can go on for infinity time, right? Um, and so like, as, as opposed to this you know, basketball, which is a finite thing. So in looking at where the Nets rotations are going to start to stack up, my initial, I made one change for my initial tweet. I will say that. Um, and which I sort well, of- Was it because you started before- before Markeith Morris had been signed? <laughs> no, actually, I, I left yeah. him off, and I still basically left him off. Um, like, I, he's not he's not part of what I see as a functional rotation right now. The, the money's non-guaranteed, um, mm-hmm. right? I, you know, it's it's kind of a camp invite. I, I He's, to me, part of a, a group of question marks. So yeah. this is where I landed on, like, numbers I feel pretty safe about. So I put Durant and Irving at 34 minutes each. Um, no need to come in with a nitpick about a 35 minute thing. So save your, save the YouTube comments for that or 33 or whatever. 34 felt like a good number around starter, important factors in blowouts factors in a bunch of other things. You know, that's on the average. Like what do we look, what would be a nice healthy average for these two guys? 33 to 34 minutes is where you want to see. It's obviously been more for them in the past because especially last season, because they needed them really badly (laughs) like between injuries and other things those guys were called on to play many more minutes in the perfect world that should not be the situation so those guys were 34 uh 34 each and i I put simmons in at 33 uh coming back from injury 
you know, it's a little bit of a question mark here. Can't really just ramp him up to like 36 minutes right away. I don't think like um, I think maybe in a perfect world, he is playing like more like 34, 35 minutes um, a game. And I think we could see that if anyone could grow like a 10 percent among the starting lineup, it's him. I right. think like he could go. Um, and so I have those three. Then I put Harris at 26 minutes. Um I think that's also coming back from injury. I'm assuming he starts. Um, I think that he's sort of a guy that can be rotated out pretty easily uh, if it comes to just guys that they have sort of not like him, but archetypally like where like he fits in. There's a lot of reasons to not go crazy with his minutes just between guys they might bring off the bench that are other shooters. And then I put Claxton as the fourth as a fifth starter at 22 minutes. Um, that's based on some others and the stuff the Nets have done with centers in the past. Um, it's based on that, you know, typically, especially they don't have a second center on the roster, but if they go small, he's out of the mix. Like there's some spacing issues. They'd never really run him tons of minutes, even in the best situation. So just on a, just a, just a start. Yeah. How do you feel about that breakdown of the, of the five starters, 34, 34, 33, 26, 22. I'm pretty much good on all of it. I think like, you know, and, and to your point, any of these things, I think you can, you can lower it by a minute and raise it by a minute and create a little bit of a range, right? 20 to 23 or 22 yeah, to 25, so right? That's one, the, one thing the about natural that, like, adjustment I, that should be built in. Yeah. Yeah, like there's like there's like a band here. Like I've always thought of this as a band. It's like the band is, it's not going to be this exact thing every night, but it's like the band for some guys is wider than others, right? Like, or like right. It's, it gets stretched for others. So like so, you know you want you want to cut the you want to cut the superstar minutes quicker if you're if it's in a blowout, but you need them around if it's a closer game. So anyway, sorry to interrupt, but like that's no, I think that is a good way to think about it. And so inside the starting five, everyone basically good with I, I you know obviously Nicholas Claxton. You'd like to optimistically think that he can continue to expand a little bit, but it's really hard to project him for any more than what he's done. Whether it's predicated around how what he's been able to do, the injuries that he sometimes suffered, and then matchups play a big factor too, and what he's capable of doing for you functioning, especially on the offensive end. The other one then would to me would be Joe Harris, which is funny because yesterday I was talking about the impact potentially, and I said Markeith Morris, I said Yuta what a Abe and, and, you know, discuss the, the philosophical approach to getting a longer roster, right? To getting some more length and Ben Simmons is in that category too. I think that that can greatly benefit Joe Harris. And yet coming up here in a second, I'll explain why maybe I, I, I have two sides of myself in this, depending on how things evolve and understanding Doug put this out there as a very malleable set of minutes that need not be ironclad in spite of the way some people may have taken it. We'll get into the Joe Harris piece and then Doug will break down uh, the bench rolls, the minutes there, which brought even more of a conversation spark for the Brooklyn Nets fan base. First thing we're going to do though, friends is tell you about our other friends over at bet online. That's because you know, folks that bet online has got you covered with more props, odds and lines than ever before this season. NFL college football it's all about to come down the pike here i said the other day man if you want to be gritty if you want to be gutsy why don't you go ahead and take the new york football giants on the road on the money line plus 215 against the tennessee titans you're not going to win it but why not try and take it you get over there where bet online's got you covered for all of your sports wagering information including live betting and esports as well you get over to bet online on the website or use your mobile device today to check out all the trends in action bet online it's where the game starts 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So where I'll start, my friends, when we talk about Joe Harris is you said 26 minutes, which there's really no reason here to be scoffing at that. And you mentioned him coming off the injury and maybe building back up towards it. I'll, I'll, I'll frame it in this way before we get into the rest of your the, the minutes breakdown and some of the other questions. Joe Harris at 26 minutes. I find interesting because he is a guy that has that very specific skill set that we talk about, you know, pinpoint shooter, knock it down, high percentage. We all get that. And I even mentioned yesterday, I think his contract becomes more and more favorable over these next couple of years when you know now it looks like you're still in that championship title contention and other contracts are going to come up. That being said, if I believe that the philosophy of this team or the desire of this team is to get longer, I do think that Joe Harris becomes more likely one of a group of players that gets utilized specifically for the perimeter shooting and everything else is what it is. I could see him being closer to the group when I know we'll tap into a Curry here at 23 minutes. Like maybe I think that Joe Harris's cap is closer to 25 than not. The one thing I'll quickly say is yesterday when I discussed him, I did think one of the advantages of adding by coming back healthy, Ben Simmons length, and also adding maybe a a Markeith Morris, depending on how things work out, but even a TJ Warren, their length now hopefully affords you the ability to push Joe Harris more into a guard position when he's on the court, specifically defensively, and that elevates him because he's one of the only guys at 6'6 that has the size to help give this team more length. Does any of that, does that all add up to you in the sense of like, I think that Joe Harris is maybe a flexible player here as far as what he's going to be asked to asked to do relative to pre-injury health and being a guy you want to see 30 plus minutes starting rotation stalwarts. Yeah, the reason to like be sort of bearish on the on the minutes for Harris is like those reasons. Like they have other pieces here. Um, I, you know, historically he's just never played more than thirty one minutes a game. Uh, right. Like even in the best of times, even when he was fully healthy and the Nets were good, and when on all iterations of the Nets, basically thirty minutes is basically his number, right? Yep. So going, knowing that what the the net the Nets uh, breakdown of their roster now is. You can't really, you can't, you definitely can't go higher than 30 minutes because right. they just have more pieces that can kind of slot in where he plays. And so, if anything, you are going to go lower. Um, I will always default if, as long as I think he's starting, I'll always default to starters just play more minutes because mm-hmm. that's just true. Um, you know, and there's a lot of different reasons for it besides the obvious, like they're starting. Um, if you, you're, if you are already in the starting lineup, almost by default, unless you're a center, you're going to play more than guys off the bench just because. You have the uh, you're afforded the ability to just play the first rotation, and the other guys aren't. <laughs> so, like, you already have the minutes in the bank, but based on when you start. But no, I agree that he he could go. Um, I think. He, I mean, are you saying that he could go lower? Is that what you're trying to say? Um, or I, I like maybe a little bit lower. And this is that band yeah. that you talked about. But I, and almost you just mentioned it there, which is probably a really good point to make too. Is if you're the opening lineup, if you're in the starting lineup, you tend to get the longest run initially, especially if things are running good for you, and if you're potentially going to be in the closing lineup, well, you're going to maximize your minutes there. And that could be the slight difference between, you know, this is at six minutes a quarter, right? Half a quarter, you're at 24 already. 
extra minute to start the game, extra minute to close out the game, 26 minutes. So I, it, maybe it's more about the evolution of what his role is and less about the minute shares as we, as we kind of actively walk through this. That does get me to the point where I say 26 feels fine. I, I wouldn't get as close to 30 as maybe I would no. have a year ago. Right. And, and the reason for that is that is, is this next group of guys that they have on the team. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is where, and the one, uh, so the next group, I would put this next group of bench players, like where I see right now, how like rotations kind of end up working out is that the next three guys off the bench in my mind are probably not necessarily in this order, but these three guys is uh, Seth Curry, Royce O'Neal and Patty Mills. Um, I, and I don't let's just start there. Do you agree with that group as like the next, like as, as players six through eight on this team, as it's currently constructed um, or is, or do we even have problems starting there? Because I, it, the one I, change I made from the original, the one change I made from the original minutes to this one was I bumped Royce O'Neal's minutes up. I was too low. I had him at 19 to start. Okay. That was, I think incorrect um, in just retrospect. So I did actually bump him up and took minutes away from some other guys lower on the chain, but it's just in terms of, philosophically the way they're constructed now do you see that group as the next three or are there problems with that as being the player six through eight no curry makes sense and i think curry and o'neill kind of getting onto the same footing from a minute standpoint makes a lot of sense too again I, I'm, I'm developing this this sense that you know what i don't want is to have too much small backcourt bodies i know that royce o'neill is going to play up in more of a bruce brown kind of role as opposed to being a backcourt guy however he's only six four the guy i, I will say I don't agree with the way fans are reacting to this. I have a different perspective on when it comes to Patty Mills. I, what I wonder here now is the redundancy of his yeah. skill set with everything else that you've brought in here and saying it's not about what he can do for you. It's just about where the best value is going to come from. And if we, and this is what I talked about with Joe Harris. So it does tie in here. When you start to think about how every team has this, guys that are going to get picked apart, forced into switches, and create issues for your team defensively, I suddenly just started to think about whether it's a little bit more Royce O'Neal because you can ask a little bit more of him on that end of the court, whether it's just the size advantage of Joe Harris being out there in a lineup that could include at times Ben Simmons, Nicholas Claxton, and Kevin Durant. All that length just makes you a better defensive unit, and I think you can afford, with some of the other shooting you have there and the top-end talent, you can afford to say... Well, Patty Mills, yes, your three-point shooting has been very good last season for us, and yet it's not what's most needed on on a you know end-to-end, minute-to-minute basis. And maybe he, I think, I slot him start to get closer to a ten to fifteen-minute mark as opposed to seventeen. Yeah, I have him at fifteen. I put, I thought I put him back at fifteen here. Oh, so um, and that, that might have been game. where you got some more for O'Neill. I apologize. There's there two changes. I'm, yeah, there's two changes I made. I, the the minutes came away from Mills. Now I'm I'm of two minds about Mills, and I can tell fans are are this way also with Patty Mills. I want to caution people to be very careful about having the Patty Mills that you remember, which is a guy getting hunted in the playoffs um, pretty consistently and having trouble staying on the court during the playoffs, is a very different um, idea than what regular season minutes like look like. And I do think that that is a, a problem that some folks are having when they're envisioning sort of like what was actually going on here. Because mm-hmm. what's stuck in people's mind is Patty Mills' playoff liability. I agree with that. <laughs> like he was a playoff liability. He's too small. They didn't have enough other size to make up for it. He got hunted down. I get it. The Not regular high three-point percentage shooting Patty Mills, inning eater potentially in some regards this season for the Brooklyn Nets. He played the most minutes on the team last year. <laughs> like he, like the guy played legit the most minutes on the entire team for the entire season. So, like the part where he just goes and they were plus minutes, right? And he was among the best three point shooters on volume in the mm-hmm. entire NBA. Like the part where fans want to write him off as 
um, a total regular season liability is bananas. I, I don't like, there's no, there's no good. There's frankly no good case for it. It's like, I, and it has nothing to do with the contract because at this point he's just signed. You think he's overpaid? Great. It doesn't matter because your, <laughs> right. your minutes aren't, your minutes aren't tied to your money. So like at this point, so we can just get rid of the playoff thing and the, and the contract thing from the reason you don't want to play. Like it's, it's silly. It, it, you, you sound silly when you say it, like, I don't know another way to put it. So um, that being said, is he going to play as many minutes as last year? No. But one thing to remember about Mills, and this kind of goes with Curry too, is that a, a reason that we had sort of, we worried about some of the roster makeup last year with those guys was because yes, they were small, but they actually didn't have complimentary players to play with them to mm-hmm. mitigate some of their um, flaws, right? Their flaws are they're small and they can get hunted down. One thing the team did this year, just by nature of adding a Ben Simmons, by nature of adding a Royce O'Neal, is that those pieces become actually complementary pieces to what Sim- to what Curry and Mills do, allowing them to actually stay on the court for more high-quality minutes. It was harder last year when you would pair Curry, Mills, Kyrie, something like that together because you're like, oh, my God, it's like they're so small, But which I agree with. But they've addressed some of that functionality problem like problem that they had last season which should actually allow these guys to play kind of the same amount right because they, because it's not as easy in my mind it's not as easy to exploit and, and not to mention durant who's just like a really good defender whatever right so mm-hmm. um and some of the other guys who we haven't mentioned can actually come in here and help them also the, the other guys that have some length so i just want to caution people about the mills thing because i think people looked at patty mills and said this guy shouldn't be playing at all like that's yeah. nuts. So like that's that's nuts. I think it's a- that that's where I think people are getting a little bit far afield here. And coming up in a second, I'll talk about. Uh, well, I want to tap into just some of the younger players here briefly, and then also you mentioned Royce O'Neal, T.J. Warren. If we're going health considered, I think there's a potential world where some of these guys, like Seth Curry, like Patty Mills, can be impacted just by default, as we say, with the minutes restrictions that you have on a game to game basis. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so um, so the first, I, I, I think it's a good way to frame this. And by the way, when I told people to tune in for this episode, we're going to be having this conversation. I hope you weren't anticipating disagreements. Doug and I have them. Arguments is not so much. We end up, you know, batting around ideas because I think that's this what this is what it's supposed to be. A discussion around the possibilities, not definitive statements, something that often gets lost in the sauce sometimes. However, if we're looking at one of the things too, so you mentioned Royce O'Neal, and then the other one will be TJ Warren. Now, listen, oh, yeah. we can only presume health, right? That's a part of it. Um, when we think about him being in like the, the 15 to 20 minute range, this would be the other area where one of these guys, Patty Mills or Curry potentially gets impacted. And it really ties also into the presence of Ben Simmons. And this is where, what is this team going to do? How are they going to function? If Ben Simmons takes on more of a point guard role for this team, when he's out there in the starting lineup with Kyrie Irving, that produces one outcome. Now, if he's going to be the ball handler and facilitator, putting Patty Mills or putting Seth Curry out there certainly helps you. I think it'll be interesting on the rotation standpoint. 
because the starting lineup right now, as we look at it, is when you have Ben Simmons, Nicholas Claxton out there, you're going to lean heavily on Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. But how many other players will you want to maybe ro- rotate in as you flex through the second unit, and it always spreads across, to still provide some high-volume shooters and then also the balance? I don't know if it eats into them, either one of them particularly, but I do think that Warren at 6'8", also not someone that you're going to really you know hang the defensive hat on, but if we're talking about like I just I I fundamentally wonder if the Nets are trying to be longer at all times than they have been in the past. You bring up the good point that hey, they got beat up because everything else wasn't quite in place. And as those boxes get checked a little more comfortably entering this season, those issues, quote unquote, will be far less concerning than they were last year. So maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm crystal ball projecting how you can get even stronger in these areas. And overlooking the value of Patty Mills, and, and you know, I mean, you put Seth Curry at twenty-three minutes. I don't think it's knocking it. I, 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 I have a little bit of PTSD syndrome, not just from the playoffs. This is from the team since they got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. They've never had enough size. They've never had enough length. And I'd like to have more of that with consistency on the floor. Okay, so a couple things to this. So I, I, on a high level, agree with you. There's a world where these, the guys that I've mentioned here, just get all the minutes. By the way, like we just tick up 15 extra minutes through this group, and that's it. And like we never yeah. see the, we never see the end of the bench. And at that point, I think you would probably, probably cure some of the concern that you have around the minutes. Like I have 15 extra minutes left over for this group because that's just question marks, right? right. There's if, if we if the Nets just come out of the gate and basically just run a nine person rotation then we'll just quickly redistribute these 15 minutes to everybody. And now it is like Curry, 25 minutes, O'Neal, 26 minutes, right? right? Like right. Mills, 18. Uh, and, and and that's the end of it. I will say with TJ Warren, it's funny about guys like him. We'll know pretty quickly on this. And this is the guy that stands to change. But unlike a Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren to me represents a guy who's like either 22 minutes or zero, <laughs> Right. Like, whereas like, whereas Royce, O'Neal, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. whereas Royce O'Neal is, you could say like, oh, we're, let's range it between 21 and 26. Right. Like, let's like, let's feel that's the band. The band on mm-hmm. Warren is much higher because I do think that there's a world where he plays a lot more like as the season gets going. And there's a world where he didn't recover from injury and it's not working and he's just, it's too, he's too far removed. And like, he never came back and it's zero. Like I, he does that makes like that's where that guy he's a little different to me than some of these other guys like I don't think these other guys are at risk of zero like Warren might be I don't think it's likely but I the band on him is much more flexible because it because he's just a total unknown and so that's where I kind of land with him as just as opposed to some of these other guys in this group yeah and I think I, I agree with you on that standpoint and then if you talk about there's 15 to 20 minutes ish there plus the extra 15 minutes that we're talking about and it does flex into this question I think that you bring in Morris none of these things are guaranteed you bring in Watanabe like I had the discussion yesterday I don't have any expectations for that kid he's a little bit slow he has a little bit of mid-range shot he has a little bit of these things if we're talking about a little bit of things I might like a guy that's 28 as opposed to 33 or whatever the case may be I'll be curious to see how those things flesh out and I think they are the safeguard to what if TJ Warren doesn't look so good in camp, right? What if Edmund Sumner is just completely blown off this roster at some point along the way and another move gets made? You just want to have opportunities for guys to start to eat into them. What I find interesting when you bring up TJ Warren and start to open up now, say maybe there's 25 to 30 minutes to occupy on a given nightly basis with those leftovers. This is where I wonder one thing. I'll ask the, the first quick one is about Patty Mills. I think a lot of people would say Cam Thomas, Cam Thomas, Cam Thomas. Now, 
we all agree, you and I both agree, I shouldn't say we all, we both agree that Cam Thomas has a long way to grow and develop. I would start to wonder on a regular season game-to-game basis if the potential higher-end value when it comes to getting through the season and then to the playoffs of trying to give Cam Thomas some consistency on a night-to-night basis because he essentially is undersized, off-ball guard, Hasn't shown he can do it. We'd like to think he could score from beyond the arc, but is also a playmaker in his own right with the ball in his hand. I like the idea of dedicating minutes to him, how, whatever they may be. May cap him at 10, may cap him at 8, but I like the idea there's dedicated minutes for him there. I do have and I have one question about Dayron Sharp. We're looking past Kessler-Edwards. I don't think that that's wrong to do, given the way he looked in preseason and where he was drafted and what his skill set is. There's probably work to be done there. But on Cam Thomas, is that is it reasonable in your mind to say, like, hey, this is the young guy that can be explosive, that can be TJ Warren-ish, right? Come in and just score a bunch of points for you. I'd, I wouldn't hate knowing that he has a specific role, something that fluctuated wildly last year, understandably as a rookie, but maybe hurt his ability to really hit the ground running and just, you know, be a consistent player, even if that means being tantalizing at the deadline to improve this roster. Yeah, I just think it's going to end up being a math crunch here. I, I, that's what I, and whether I think it's a good idea or not, might actually not end up mattering. Because one thing to remember here with Cam Thomas, and this is why, again, it's good to look at this kind of thing. All the guys that I mentioned here, outside of maybe like Clatt, now never mind. All the guys that I mentioned here are just veteran players that were brought in here with some kind of expectation around playing mm-hmm. time, right? And so. That is something that must be factored in as well. And I think if anything with some of these guys, I I, I think I might be low on a couple of these numbers, like for a Curry, like for a Royce O'Neal, who we just know, I mean, maybe Patty Mills and Warren too, who we just know are at worst rotation, regular season NBA players at worst, right? And and the the floor matters for these guys. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, when you just add, you know, add one more minute to each of these guys that you probably would rather see playing than Cam Thomas, like Seth Curry, like uh, Royce O'Neal. Let's, I, I get the Mills thing, but I'm just going to stick with that. I'd rather see Patty right, but Mills. But if push comes Thomas. to shove, one more minute for Curry or one more minute for Thomas, you start to, you get into that difficult spot of making that choice, right? And now we're at like 230 plus minutes, right? And so, and that didn't take much. It didn't take much to get that with eight to, eight to 10 minutes remaining. Between all the rest of the guys that we have not mentioned, Cam, Kessler, uh, Daron Sharp, who we didn't mention, Markeith Morris, Yutawanabi, Edmund Summer, like guys, if they end up making the team, that's eight total minutes. Like I, If you can't see those guys playing consistently over the group that I just mentioned, right? And, and by the way, back out Mills or something like that. And just, it's still the same kind of thing. Like it's not that much. It's not like Patty Mills has some inordinate minute share here. Yeah. In the end, if you can't make, if you can't say to yourself, these guys should be playing over the group I just mentioned. You are really looking at eight to 10 total minutes left over. And at that point, we're just not going to see these guys consistently. Again, these things change. One injury changes the whole thing. Like one injury, one injury, two injuries, a COVID thing again, like who knows? Like it doesn't take much. The NBA minutes look very different at the end of the three weeks in than than (laughs) they do day one. And by the way, and we'll get out the door here on this, and we'll continue. There's there's, there's a, a more expansive conversation that I want to get to, which includes Dayron Sharp and, and this idea. There's certain guys on the market fans want the Nets to go get. There's other guys, like I mentioned yesterday, a Dwight Howard. 
that I don't have any interest in being around this roster. And it comes down to the type of team you want to put that on the floor. So there's more to have to, to discuss here that we will continue. However, you mentioned it's not even after three weeks, like by the end of the year, because of injuries, because of days off and back to backs and all these different things, the average minutes that a player ends up with can skew what their role was and how frequently and needed they were to a team's success. So I think that that can also shift it a little bit. You go back last year and look at Cam Thomas's minute shares, but remember what was last year for this team and how many times were guys injured and when did they give him really long runs of 20 plus minutes and then totally strip him away. The average may make you think that he's a 15 to 20 minute player or anybody, by the way, but the reality is X. And then like, like for guys uh, like Kessler Edwards, that was necessity as opposed to design from this team. And as I said yesterday, that's what I think this is about for the Brooklyn Nets now coming into this camp, this preseason and this season. It's about walking in the door with a level of consistency and and reliability around what you're going to put out there, all things considered health-wise. And in that regard, I may nitpick or have some disagreements with the way Doug presented this. And at the same time, I want the reliability, consistency, and expectations for this roster. And it becomes hard to just find minutes for players you want to see versus the ones that may matter most. Yeah. And that's, that's really the whole story It's like, you just, again, it's like not, it's not a really a debate. There's no debate around the, around how many minutes are available, right? You're only now debating. And so just make sure whenever you're, if you're out there and trying to figure out how many minutes a guy's going to play, just run through this exercise, just go through the exercise, add it up to 240 and see where you land. Because I, I know for a fact, there will people in their minds are going to be doing some kind of math problem. That's going to add up to like 320 minutes. Right. And it's just, by the way, who's another Ford. If Kevin Durant says 35 for Durant, 35 for uh, Kyrie Irving, 35 right. for Ben Simmons, like then you lose those minutes too. So it's like, I want to have the fun debate about it in terms of who I might want, but the reality yeah. still exists there, which you continue to, to reiterate. So I thought it was good though. I had a good time. Yeah, And we're going to revisit this again. Like we're yeah. going to end up, revi- we'll get out the door, but we're going to end up revisiting this um, at, you know, closer to training multiple times, right? As we see who actually makes the team, if there's other word that comes out, there's, this is something that's a very, very fluid thing. But I do, I, like I'll say it again, I think this is one of the most important ways to look at how what you think a team is going to be. To, pro- to project for a team, doing this to start is like the baseline by which you should begin evaluating all of your context around a given team then go out and then and then start to look at and then like start to play with the numbers a little bit about how you see your ideal rotations but start here start with 240 minutes all right we're gonna get out of here free and available on all podcast platforms make sure you like and subscribe go over down to youtube appreciate all the numbers see you know a great summer with the youtube uh, nothing else to say oh, about fantastic. there the numbers have been awesome the subscriptions continue to climb up at a rate way faster uh than we ever would have thought so make sure you subscribe over on youtube as well Listen, to paraphrase one of the greatest minds of all time, what are these minutes for ants? These minutes need to be at least three, four times more than this. Derek Zoolander. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. Blue Steel. Blue Steel, is that it? Um, He's not an omni-turner. I'm not an omni-turner. All right, we'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.